Welcome in to this week in Missouri Politics Midweek Edition. I have a guest. They got tired of just hearing me do hillbilly stuff, so we brought in the Prince of St. James, Jack Cardetti. Thank you for making the time, bud. Thanks. It's great to be uh, part of this front. Well, uh, we're, we're posted up. Stein of Knowledge. I got to have you get in. I got a new favorite Stein here. Right here from, from my buddy Dave Marshak over in Jeffco. Fawn Stein of Knowledge. We got Republican, Democrat. We got the Cardinals, STL hat. Now, Jack is rocking. He's more, you know, Jack have to drink up a Stein 11. He's classier than that in St. James and we are in Westmother County. He has the PBS KMOS mug every Sunday morning, 1030, in St. James, actually. You can turn on KMOS and watch this week in Missouri Politics. This week, we have the governor on. So if you got a question or something for the governor, I'm going to do the interview Thursday morning. Send me your uh, uh, topics, questions. Give me some good stuff to ask him. I'm interested to see what the governor has to say. Um, it's always tough. Like, this is my favorite time to interview a governor. Because he doesn't exactly know what's going to pass, and he doesn't <laughs> want to say anything. Because the governor says something, all of a sudden the legislature is going to freak out and like leverage it. So it's going to be interesting to me to see. Uh, it's it's you get the worst answers, but you can ask the best questions like the week before the end of session. Yeah, as a staffer, I always hated these couple of weeks, right? <laughs> because you know people are hanging on every word. Uh, so it's uh, it's challenging from a staff point standpoint. Uh, all right, let's get in here. We got uh, we got a redistrict. It's going to be the uh, they're doing the budget. It's the damnedest thing. I was watching this budget thing, and it looks like, again, the Senate's going to win a lot of these fights. But every, if you could come up with some harebrained education idea, and you could hire a lobbyist, the House conservatives, we're going to throw money at it. And I'm telling you, that education line is the most House positions I've seen on any major bill in a long time. House came to play on the budget, and looks like it's not going to be just the stomping it's been the last three years. I mean, the House is going to win on education, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, you look at the transportation, education yep. line in particular yep. that they took care of this morning, unprecedented. I think fully funding that, first time since 91. So I, this has been a different budget year than almost anything I can, I can remember. You know, like you usually said, it's a very House for Senate. The interesting thing is that I think the Senate, the, I think the Democratic leaders, Quaid and Rizzo, played this really, really well. Because yeah. they've worked themselves into a governing coalition. Especially over on the Senate side, if you look at that, if you look at the budget funds, mm-hmm. right? It's been a coalition of leadership plus the Democrats with the conservative caucus sometimes on the outside looking in. And that's one of the reasons we're going to have a $47 billion budget. A lot of that thanks, though, to Joe Biden and, and the federal dollars that have been flowing in uh, out of Washington. If you're a kid that rides the old yellow dog in the Neelyville School District or St. James School District, thank you to Joe Biden. He's going to make that ride a little smoother. Yeah, I mean, them buses. I'm a little jealous. The two times I was in the governor's office, we were trying to cut hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. or whatever. Now you have unprecedented amount of federal dollars coming in for education, for infrastructure, for workforce development, and for public safety. It's just something funny. When the state has money, air is pizza, is fresher, the, the trees out bloom a little prettier. Just, I mean, everything in Jeff City is better when the state has money. When they don't have money, it is a, um, it's a dour place of living. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's a it's different, but there's just some unique circumstances this year. And I think some of those, bi- this is probably a more bipartisan budget that we've seen in a long time. I, I would say that the best, this is the best two minority leaders uh, since Kinder and Hannaway. I mean, they were, Kinder and Hannaway obviously had a lot of political more than, than governmental, and the politics aren't really out there right now for Democrats in the state to play. But I, as just as far as talent goes, Rizzo and Quaid might be the two most talented minority leaders I've seen since Kinder Hamlet. Yeah, and, and because they're very strategic, right? They pick their battles, but they also will work with Republicans like on the budget to get things done and they take care of that. 
So uh, let's talk about redistricting. I had a uh, question come in today about redistricting. I had a really interesting, Brian Gellner, running for state senate. He wrote, I mean, this is good politics. He wrote, let's make Webster whole again. <laughs> and I mean, it's a, it, Webster's a fourth senate district. He's running. Right and I tell you, I, uh, I don't have the, there was an interest, the way this unfolded, people were like, well, the speaker wants his, his county in one district. I, I, hard to argue that, right? If you're, if you're in DeSoto or Hillsborough, good for them, right? But if you're, you know, the rest of the state, somebody, somebody's eyes going to get bored, right? Then I'm going to come out and say, I want St. Charles in the congressional district. Well, the way the geography is, St. Louis has a spill out, right? It can't, it can't go to Illinois, and it's got to have to go through somewhere to get to that other district. So everybody kind of dogged Bob Bonder for doing the same thing the speaker did. I have a hard time dogging someone wanting to keep their county together. Yeah, this is really, I mean, we're going to end up being the last state in the country, maybe, to pass a district now, right? Or, or it's going to go to the courts and they're going to run. And what usually happens here, we saw a little of it 10 years ago, right? When a state either loses or gains a congressional seat, that's where you see the real friction. That actually isn't the case this time. Nope. We're eight seats, staying with eight seats, but still can't come to agreement. And it's that disagreement <laughs> within the sort of Republican caucuses that are causing well, it. Is, it's, do they put that away? Because the fear of the, the courts and the judges writing the maps, or, or do they continue to, to not? Well, I mean, I think the House is blinked first. Because the House could probably, if the Speaker could have Jeff County home, he could do a deal that makes that happen. Could he pass it? I don't know. But he could do a deal. Under, right now, would most definitely not get St. Charles home if a judge, I mean, the chance that seemed very slim. Uh, Jeffco is likely to get busted up too. Maybe not to the same extent. I think if you're Viscovo, you can get a deal that's better for you than the courts. If you're Onder, you can get a deal. But both of you can't get your deal together. Sure. Can the two of them work out a deal where they will give a little? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the house map, I really thought, I mean, when they first did the house map, I thought that looked pretty good. That looked pretty good. And Dan Shaw called the Senate. He took a pillar. But every day since that Senate hearing, Dan Shaw's looked better because nobody else could pass a better map. The Senate map was a joke. I mean, that was really ridiculous. I mean, you could have took kids with crayons and drew, drawn a set, the map. They have pilot knob in the town and country. Now, you know, that, that makes no logic to anyone. You split the Webster County Courthouse. I mean, when you're down to such ridiculousness, maybe the judge do a better job, right? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing here is as a state, we didn't have all that many problems dividing up the state to 163 <laughs> and 34 That's a hard thing to do, yeah. right? Dividing the state up into eight congressional districts ought to be easier than that. But that's when you see sort of personalities come into play and people trying and to sure. protect their own districts. And the other thing that's interesting here is you have people that aren't going to end up running for Congress, trying to make their perfect congressional districts a lot of time. And I, I just think that that, that really is interesting. But it, dividing the state up into eight is not as easy as it looks. Well, I think if you're going to run that, you take care of Cleaver. I don't think that's what hope in hell the court's not going to take care of Cleaver. Now, I think you can make it. I, it this is my thought. So the way I've seen this go, the federal court kicks it to the state Supreme Court to draw, right? Because they want a state to draw. That's how they've done it in some of these other, other, other states. If you're a, a Supreme Court judge right now, one, you don't want to do this. This is not a favor. You are not sitting there thinking, I'd love to get in the middle of the legislature's thing that they couldn't even do. This is not a favor. No one over the Supreme Court is like, oh, please, we'd love to do this. Uh, they like separation of powers. <laughs> yeah. So I think what you do, if what will come out of it, will be, I really, I think what they'll end up doing, 
is they'll go and they'll flip out and they'll make these districts more competitive. They, I think you'll see Cleaver's district, still be Cleaver's district, be a little more competitive. I think Ann's will be competitive. But to, do, but to make Cleaver's more competitive, you have to give the Republicans around him more Democratic voters. Because they don't necessarily like, right? And that's always the rub when it comes to redistricting. I think right now you have a, a Senate and a House that lean toward their own, the Speaker and Senator Roberts' personal ambitions. Which, again, people go, oh, my God, clutch their pearls. Bullshit. That's just the way it goes. That's just politics. And I, I don't know why people want to look down on Senator Onder for doing the same thing half the other people do. I just don't get it. Now, do I think the 8th District should have St. Louis in it? No. All the Jeffco people should be in their own district with the St. Louis people because that's what they are. I know that, that theoretically someone says there's a place called Arnold. There's not. It's just St. Louis, right? For about, uh, Crystal, from about the Crystal Tavern in Jeffco to Winsville is St. Louis. It just is. We always refer to it as L.A., Lower Arnold. <laughs> yeah, <from> Lower Arnold <laughs> up. It, it, well, there's, there's Jeff County, which would be like Herculaneum, it's virgin, but south of Herculaneum, there's real Jeff. Sure. That's Hillsborough, DeSoto, Festus, Crystal City. Mm-hmm. Yes, we watched a good commercial in DeSoto. We made a handful. So. The best commercial I ever saw in politics. Because it was a, I've seen commercials, but a lot of times they're safe races. Governor Nixon in khaki pants and a green shirt with a background that made sure it was not a city. I don't know what where it was, but it was a country area. Saying Washington's broken. Yeah. We all know it. Here in Missouri, we're better than that. Distancing himself from Democrats while being the nice guy, making sure you knew he was from DeSoto, not St. Louis. Great commercial. First two uh, words in that ad, unlike Washington, which is you can never go wrong with Republican Democrat if you make an ad that says unlike Washington, especially if you're an incumbent. You know? So, uh, so you're, I'm going to bet right now. So, no. Friday, next Friday, 6 o'clock, do we have a redistricting map? Done, not legislature or not. Bet you cold beer, I'll take no. I think they will. I, I'll bet you cold beer. Now, the I House is blinking. They're only hearing today. Yep. Guess who's coming to testify? Mike Cunningham is coming up. The only person apparently gives a damn about Southern Missouri is Mike Cunningham, the seventh anything. I mean, I, it's not a great look on the Southern Missouri senators to just get smacked around by St. Louis folks. But uh, Mike Cunningham is, uh, he's got some thoughts. He's going to come share them this morning. About, well, about noon, the hearing is in the House. Uh, I am actually going to hear Mike Cunningham tell him how to count the cabbage. It's been a while since I've heard it. I'm kind of nostalgic for it. Uh, I bet they, I, I think they don't get a map. I think if the judges draw it, the judges will not lean towards anybody's ambition. They'll probably lean toward making this a little more competitive, if I had to guess. I think, I think they'll, if, if you see a, a overarching strategy for the congressional map that the Supreme Court does, they might put their finger on the scale of competitive districts. If you look at the second congressional district, right, demographically, very suburban. It wants to be. It's a. It wants to be a more democratic district, right? And so that's the question: Is if it goes to the courts, do they just go by the demographics, which, quite frankly, might hurt somebody like Congressman Wagner? I, I my prediction is this: um, Congressman Cleaver could have a long summer in 2022 with the environment we have. Um, Congresswoman Wagner will not have a long summer in 2022, just because she's good and she can win it. She has won it. Mm-hmm. Being a woman helps. And it's going to be a good year for Republicans, most likely. Now you go. But what happens when she's not the candidate? I think they lose. So. You even stretch this out. Let's say, you know, 24, 26 could be different years. When you stretch it out, Cleaver has a more comfortable summer than Ann does if they make these competitive. Cleaver's worry is right now, first time he runs in a new district, bad year. I think he's probably fine. Yeah. But he's going to have to work it probably. If, if it's more competitive. And Wagner, because of the environment, is probably fine. But later on, it gets worse. Yeah. 
That's good. Uh, so I, you're, you're saying they'll be a mad pop episode. We'll win either way. We'll, we'll play it. Um, let's, uh, let, let, let's slide down the list here. First of all, if you're coming to Jeff City, don't do it. Do yourself a favor. You have your conference. Plan your summer event. Don't go somewhere else. Go to the Courtyard by Marriott. Don't go to the JV Hotels. Go to the nice one, the new hotel. They got this awesome golf cart that will ferry you right over to the Capitol. Wherever you need to go, I'm telling you. I've been saying this for two weeks now. Go to the courtyard, plan your event there, give them a call. Just give them a call and say, I'm thinking about it. Watch them roll the red carpet out for you. If there's any problems, you call Mark Randolph or you text me, 429 We'll get Randolph on the phone. Take your conference to the courtyard by Marriott. You're going to buy me a beer. I'm gonna, you're going to see me at Grand Cafe somewhere, or maybe over High Street Pub, and you're going to be like, oh, Fon's the one that told us to do this. And I'm going to collect beers off this. I th- I'm really doing this pro bono to collect free beers and people thanking me for not going to the JV Hotel. They went to the varsity place in the courtyard by Marriott. I think I think a lot of people that, that work and live in Jeff City were interested in what happens to that old St. Mary property, right? Yeah. Sort of old historic yeah. property, right? I mean, almost the entrance to the city. It's a very you know, prominent place where I think a lot of people were what's going to happen to that when they move or whatever. The fact that they've been able to rebuild that, it's such a nice location. It's really good. It's first class. Yeah. They really did it right. And uh, they, they can have your – now, you can't have – a thousand people, but if you have a couple hundred people at your convention, it's the perfect spot. Better than any. Let's uh, let's talk about these congressional races. Um, the congressional races are are. I mean, to me, a, a microcosm down in the seventh. You've got Senator Watson probably gets your uh, old traditional Republicans. You may just Republicans would be with Senator Watson. Chamber of Commerce. Yep. Uh, the folks that, that that made it Republican and kept it Republican. Eric Brothers, more of a movement guy, mm-hmm. maybe turns some younger activists, has axing, has put together two really good solid fundraisers. Uh, they've got Mike Moon. Mm-hmm. And people underestimate Mike Moon every time. Yeah. Every time they're now Mike Moon, he's raised hundred grand. He comes to your door, he's well dressed, perfect gentleman, probably the best on the doors of any of the candidates. Comes to your door, is a conservative, and knows what to say. He's a nice person. Mike Moon is always underestimated. And I think it'll be the difference in this race. Well, I was going to say, I don't know, and maybe I'm going in underestimating him. I don't think he wins the race, but I think he might dictate the outcome. Right? Right. If it's a two-person race, Burleson and, and, and Lawson there, you know, where, how many of those votes does Moon get, and who does he take from? Right? I think he takes Mary Burleson. I also think where he's not the type that's going to go and, and do some political deal with you and do a switch-up, right? He's not the kind of guy that says, well, I'm not going to run to make it easier for you because we agree on something. He just doesn't play those games. Right, right, wrong, he doesn't play. And I think, you know, that 7th Congressional, all of these, the 2nd and the 4th, the other, you know, races we're going to talk about, the, the where the lines are are a little more fluid. And the 7th is yes, a little know. more set in. So I think that there's more predictability in that Congressional race than a couple of the others. Let's talk about the, the, the district that we think will have the Cardetti household in it. Uh, the uh, Vicky Hartzer district goes from Cass County over to Columbia and then bounces down to Cedar County. Uh, Kalina Bruce, great resume, great look, impressive person. Kind of felt like she started hot, then cool a little bit. Then she started popping back up and hit it hard and had some events with the governor. And I thought, that's quality stuff. Um, then you kind of look, uh, I think Mark Alford, lots of upside, lots of name ID, lots of money, leading the money race. Rick Bratton, I know a lot of college look like Rick Bratton. Rick Bratton's a conservative, veteran, uh, hustler. His voting record probably matches that just yep. pretty well, too. Taylor Burks has run the best campaign of anybody. He has, I think he's done more hustling, done more strategic stuff. He has developed a great house file of donors that now he'll see some of the benefits from. 
He's been compiling this list and he's spent a lot of money to get them. But as God, I mean, this is the world you live in. Somebody gives you 25 bucks, we'll give you another 25 a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. And you've already paid to get them, so it's all profit from there. Yeah. Question um, is, does that district actually take in all of it when it's all said and done or not? You know, is he on the outside looking at He's going to run regardless, I think, and he's run really aggressively. But that could, you know, that district already, you know, focuses a little more to the west than it does on on Columbia. But if it's not in there, I do think that might hurt his chances. If the judges draw, they keep him kind of dead, right? For the, I mean, they may cut, but I mean, sure. But, but it may not be in the board. The judges draw, you know. Possibly. It wasn't always. You can remember, right? This was a this was a northern the the Boone County, the whole soft, you know. Uh, it went northeast. Was yeah. always yeah. The, the northeast. Um, and so, it, it went. I can a little bit. I mean, it switched around a whole bunch of times. Went on. <coughs> I can't hear a lot of times. Yeah, yeah here is going with Blaine over to St. Charles County. Um, I, I do think that they, regardless, I do think there's a big incentive to keep white men. And Fort Leonard World. In Did you know about that? That you get a seat on armed forces? I don't know. That. So, obviously, when you buy a scout, that's, yes, that, that's why I went over here. <laughs> yeah, yep. You could always have. You're always going to have. And quite frankly, I'm watching Republicans and Democrats more than I on the Armed Services Committee, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, there's just nobody. He's the soldiers. There's nobody there. So, I do think that I together, um, I do think they keep that together because, like you said, there are. It's not a guarantee. If you're a freshman congressman coming in and you have one base in your district and you want to be on armed services, that's no guarantee. If you have two, two of them on there, you're going to see. I, then he told me that. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, but yeah. if that's true, sure, they're keep that together. That's an interesting state. Um, I thought putting in Jason Smith's district made a lot of sense. Fort Leonard would because he's, gonna, he's obviously doing very well. He protected. But if you automatically get the seat, then that's a, that's a really logical thing. And I think they'll get that. I mean, to me, Sarah Walsh, does she have enough friends in the house to keep her splitting them together? Maybe, probably, you'd think. I mean, this fourth congressional is probably the slowest starter of all these races. Right? Yeah. There's just so many unknowns right now. And, and you do, I mean, it is sort of a four-person field moment. Nobody's broken out. If you're Tyler Burks, a little hard to raise money if you get tell where your district's going to be. I thought the Senate map hurt his chance a little bit because if you're, if you're trying to be able to help you, it, you know, any donor wants the excuse not to get, not to commit. So they can say, well, I'll see the poor district. Yeah. And I, to me, <clears throat> that ambiguity is not really fair to him, not really fair to any of these folks. I mean, I, I, I it feels like they should have just stepped it in there on a map, and then the legislature could have had something to react to and change or whatever. If there, But now you might as well wait till a week from Friday and see how the chips fall. Um, and you think they're going to have it, but it'll all be good. I do. I, I'm not sure everybody's going to be happy with it, but I do think the Southeast Missourians ever vote Republican. They just do nothing to screw us up. It's the damnedest thing. You're almost a. They have not voted Republican for a long time. Well, maybe they were right. Because you watch, you watch who gets screwed. It'll be us. The fools that vote Republican every time there's an election. I, I just, I mean, at some point we're going to have open up a second asshole from all the times we get kicked in the ass, and we just line up for them, just like suckers. We don't even complain. We say thank you, sir. We have another. Libel. Now, you can push libel around. Don't libel last night. You don't push Doug around. Uh, uh, so, Alex, that's about the um, – Alex, that's, uh, that's, that's Congress. Uh, you heard it from the, the expert. Uh, talk President, U.S. Senate here, wrap up. Remember, if you're going to come to Jeff City, do it right. Go to the courtyard. They got this great shuttle. Take you right over if it's raining, it's cold. Uh, right, Cavill, downtown, wherever you need to go. They will do you right. The Guzzy likes the pool. That's his favorite thing. He could care about anything else. The pool is where he likes to go. 
Going courtyard by Marriott, coming in for the weekend. You'll come for the state fair, stop over and see the cab on your way. Uh, book a court. You can uh, find the link here at the bottom uh, on this uh, on this podcast. President, uh, this is uh, P- uh, Pat. Who wins? Who runs? Joe Biden running? I think Joe Biden does run. Me too. And I don't think Trump will run because it doesn't make him money. <laughs> if you look at why Trump does what he does a lot of times, right, it's, it's, it, it is self-enrichment. I don't see how him running helps that at all. Uh, but it's a problem for the Republican Party because the more that he sits out there, and if he doesn't run, he's not going to tell you that tomorrow. Sure. Right? It's gonna, he's going to hold on to that power as much as he can. And I do think that puts whoever their candidate is, whether it's DeSantis or whatever, at a little bit of a disadvantage there. Look, I'm not a Joe Biden either. I think he's a good man. I don't know that things have went that great under his term so far. Um, I don't know that there's a there's some successes unquestionably, the transportation, sure. all those things. Uh, I'm not a person that hates on Joe Biden. I don't think candidates went well. And I think maybe when he has a Republican Congress to push off on politically, it might turn some things around. But I'm not sure this is how they drew up the script of how this would go. Um, if we were sitting here, though, in May of 2010, you'd be saying the exact <coughs> thing about President Obama. And what right. happened in and, the and, and you saw those midterms. And they were, I think I cried myself to sleep that night. You know what? You're right about that. That's right. right. And, and it was the same exact situation. The thing is, some of the policies he actually put through those first two years started to pay political dividends and economic dividends in the last two years of his term. I think you might see some of the same thing with Biden, right? They're going to start building roads. They're going to start building bridges. Oh, they're going to be doing that stuff. It's not that visible now. I think it will be. I think it may be one recession. And with the Republican as the foil, I do think that it sets up very similar to what we saw 10 years ago. The lagging indicator of these construction projects may be something that wants the recession. Yeah. may come, but the, the floor may be a little higher because you have, yeah, if, you, if you get money for a transportation project, and the same thing everybody else is, actually putting guys to work, you're talking a year, 18 months out, that boost may come at the right time. That may be a lagging boost that really helps get through a potential hard time. Um, I, I, I tend to think the problem, the difference in Biden and Obama, oh, Biden was the greatest communicator since Reagan, maybe the greatest creator of our generation. Joe Biden, I, I don't think he has the capacity. And I'm not one of those, you know, I'm not saying he's serious. I'm just saying he is a likable, respectable man. He is not a charismatic man anymore, like he used to be, and like Obama was. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, he was the perfect candidate against Trump. Perfect. For a lot of those reasons, yeah. right? He, he really was well. Uh, I mean, COVID I, was I, I think almost all Democrats want Trump to, to, to run. I think if, if it were up to the Democratic Party, we'd give Trump his Twitter back tomorrow, right? Oh, uh, they did nothing but help Trump. Well, nothing. whatever. But I, I just don't, I'm not sure as a party we're going to get that push. Tell me, how, I, I have a feeling on Roe. This is my theory. The worst thing in the world is to get what you want in politics. They wanted Roe versus Wade to go away. Now they got it. Yeah. I think what you're going to see now is a very fired up abortion activist community. And, a, and, and that's going to matter to a certain extent. It's not that big. What you're going to see is a less motivated pro-life constituency. Just in the last 48 hours, you've seen a lot of activism on the choice side. I, I, I do think, you know, look, that's going to be good. I think I, the other is going to be more helpful than Democrats. I have never lived in this country when we didn't have them, right? Or whatever. And that's, it's going to be a huge, huge fundamental change. Well, we all love Jeff Rowe, but I mean, you know, if he moved to Costa Rica, I'd stop carrying him. But I mean, it, 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 the fact that women in this country, all of this country, will not have that right anymore really is just devastating. 
And I do think the electoral impact is going to be much larger than, than anybody. It's, it's sort of, as a Republican Party, you know, you're the, the dog that's caught the, the bumper, right? Uh, and Shout out to Gail Jones. What do you do oh, when, man. when you do that? I, I think from a political standpoint, I think a lot of them would have liked a more John Roberts sort of middle ground here. Uh, you, you remember back in the day when Tort Reform was up, you couldn't have shot a spit while through the road until they hit in a white coat. Remember when they passed Tort Reform and that now? Go find your doctor today. They can't even do a doctor. They have to have a doctor of the week now. Maybe not a doctor of the month. I mean, it just, it, it, yeah. when you get what you want, the intensity goes. I don't know there's enough abortion activists. It is a challenging thing for a lot of people to go out and actually be an activist on. It's not a, it, it, I mean, I know some women that have had an abortion. It's a serious thing. It was not done flippantly. Yeah. And it is not something that is a, even if you have the right to and you exercise that right, most, the two people I know of do not talk about it in glowing terms. It is not protesting for that right. It's not necessarily like gay marriage. Where a marriage is a wonderful thing that is, that is terrific. I think what you're going to see, maybe more electoral uh, implications, are the folks that are pro-life are by every logic going to be less intense about their support. And I, that may affect Missouri election more than anything. Is not so much the activists community on the left getting more riled up. I think it's going to be the folks on the pro-life side just not caring as much because they won. Yeah. Look, and I, I speak for a lot of Democrats. We have a Democratic president right now, Democratic U.S. House, Democratic Senate. There's still time to do something. You know, to, uh, I, I think I think that'd be hard. And we're you know what? That's how it should have been but done the first time. If you put Roe into, uh, you know. It should have been done. If there was going to be a law, I think this country would have been better off if you would have passed it through an electoral body. Obamacare, the biggest government change of our lifetime, was passed through an electoral body. But Scott, would you say the same thing about gay marriage? Or interracial, you know, marriage because that's where the slippery. This that's where that slope goes. I think right? a lot of people are making gay marriage legal. I, I think the history was bending. I, I always thought either have everybody get married or no. The government used to have the marriage business, but I mean, I, I I'm on the right side of that. Whatever that age gap is, I have no problem getting. Never had any problem getting get married. I, I agree with your point. I actually think the world was coming to, and, and I think what helped is many many states and cities were saying get married. We don't care. Um, I think it sped it up in Missouri, but I think it, it might have came on its own. Uh, if let's say you just start doing it and no one stops you, I don't know. I, I see your point. But don't the other problem for the Republican Party here is if Roe does get overturned, then the questions from a state policy standpoint you have to answer are do you do an exemption for rape and incest? Do you, you know, the, the Todd Aiken questions, and those are very, very difficult. Uh, questions to answer. And so I, I think that the, the Republicans have gotten away with not having to talk about that, that those things for the last few years. They're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, and, I mean, obviously, Connie's here, poor Susan, all these folks have worked so hard that truly believe in their cause. Great day for them. I think when you step back and look at the implications a year from now, I'm not sure in the history of politics getting what you want is ever a political blessing that you dream that it will be. It usually makes things harder. And I think it might again Let's, uh, uh, President, I'll, I'll give you a president prediction. I think Biden knows Harris. If things don't turn around, Harris has a hard time winning. I think Barack Obama was this great communicator. And I think she's great, a great communicator. Not like Obama was a once in a lifetime. She, and let's be clear, George Bush had just invaded the country for no reason and wrecked the economy. It was a pretty good time to be a Democrat. If she doesn't have some wind in her back, I think Biden runs because he thinks he's the only one that can win. 
Um, I don't know that Trump runs against him, but I, and I think the JV kids will lose. I mean, they suck. They're just annoying up on site. Ivanka Trump could be president of the United States. Yeah, I mean, but I think Biden runs, and I think he wins. I mean, I think if you just look at I mean, how many times the Republicans actually won the popular vote here, <laughs> you know, over the last 20 years in the presidency. Sure. Very rare. This state, demographic, I mean, this country, demographically, not so much the state, which is We're going the opposite. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this state, right, <laughs> or this country as a whole, is getting younger, more college-educated, and it's getting more diverse. All three of those work in a Democratic uh, presidential candidate's factor. Uh, after Trump, don't you think Republicans pivot on uh, Latin Americans? They work hard. They go to church. They look a lot like Republicans to me. Um, don't you think there's some pivoting? Ha- Trump, there was a pivoting that was going to happen. Trump set that pivot back 10 years. And I think his daughter might speed it up. Because I don't think she's going to do some of the stuff Trump did. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Because I, I think you just look at how the Republicans talk about immigration. How do they talk about these issues? How do we talk how, about how, how do they How do they satisfy their base on these issues and go out and grant, uh, gain, gain that political ground? How do I they, think that's... How do the Tories turn around? In, 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 how, do, how does every political party turn How did Bill Clinton turn around Democrats after three straight losses? But will, Trump, lose? will Trump allow the Republican Party to turn around? I don't know that he will. I think he wants to have that influence and that uh, level under the thumb, right? I mean, he, he, he just came off an Ohio victory. Uh, last I look night. at him and that daughter. That daughter, Ivanka, is impressive. She speaks impressively, looks impressive. I think if he gets his folks to say, this is my daughter, he'll support her, she can reach out and get a whole bunch of different people that he could never get. And I don't think he can win the presidency again. I think she could. And I think that he's going to, if he doesn't do it, he's going to want somebody he kind of, his person to do it. So he kind of be controlling. But I think also sometimes that influence goes away quick. One day Trump will wake up and he won't run it. No matter, I don't know what day that is, yeah. but when it goes, it'll go fast. I mean, something we talk about in politics all the time is popularity isn't always transferable. Yes. Right? I mean, you see a lot of uh, even Democratic governors, conservative, moderate Democratic governors in conservative states that, that they can't lose the election. Right? They're so personally politically popular. But when they try to endorse, when they try to have a successor, it doesn't end up happening. Yeah. Popularity in politics isn't really that transferable. The seat of Kit Barnum, the seat of Roy Blunt. Give me uh, Trudy Bush Valentine. Can she talk to folks yet? I mean, where's that? That's been a really slow rollout. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, she was very, very quick to talk about Roe after that. Very after quick to talk about cops. Um, so I, I do. I, I think she is going to be. Uh, talk to some left wingers now that are going to treat her as good as they possibly can. Uh, but look, let's not kid ourselves. The best single. Best case we have for winning that U.S. Senate back by Democrat is if Eric Rodgers is the nominee. If you don't, you can't win, right? Really. I, I, it, it depends on the political environment, right? But if you're in a you know Biden upside down political environment with somebody besides Rodgers as that, it becomes more difficult. A woman seems to me to have a better chance of beating Eric Rodgers than a man. Oh, absolutely. And I, I and she's got I me. Mean, look, I'm but again, I, here I, in the I, office. You got a, a painting of my son named Gussie. In Gussie Bush's office with the painting of him behind it. Uh, I mean, she's she's there's a lot of upside there. The rollout has been very slow, very slow. You think about that. You know about that. Does that matter? Average voters, but they do need it. But to your point, they do need to get to know her, right? I mean, it, does does it matter that they don't know who she is? Or she's even running. I mean, this has been a real 
And look, the reason you run a campaign, you do that because maybe she doesn't really. She running for office is a hard, hard thing, and you might need some time to be able to pivot. And I mean, there, there's some, there's some part of this that takes skill. Maybe she needs to just brush up on that. But I've been not surprised. But it, it has been. There's a reason why this run has been this slow. I don't know what it is, but there's, it's not the people she has working on this campaign are some of the top people ever in Missouri politics. There's a reason it's been slow. Now, could it be that it's strategic and they're just going to, and she's great? We'll see. Well, but also, just to, to, to play a little devil's advocate, if all of the attention is over on the Republican side of this, right? And yep. Greitens, every day you read something else about Greitens. Yes. And that, why do you want to deflect that? I mean, there's yeah. an old saying in politics, when your opponents are shooting at each other, walk away. I, know? I mean, it could be strategic. And the strategy could just be something like that. I'm just saying, I know some of the people running this. They don't. They don't do things by chance. They're smart people. Yeah. There's a reason. Maybe that's it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, on the Republican side, I mean, what do you think? I mean, Eric Bryan's makes everything so much more interesting. Love that little bastard. Yeah, I mean, and the, the the reason is somewhat like Trump, right? He has a basis for. Oh yeah. And if they haven't, after all of the the sworn affidavit. Under oath, uh, if they haven't left yet, if they haven't left, don't right let now, them babysit your kids, and they ain't leaving. I don't think so. So that is, uh, you know, that's the really interesting dynamic of it. I tell you, I think, uh, you know, I think Schmidt and Hartzler are both in a position to take advantage of, of that. The question is, who do, I don't, do they turn their guns on each other at some point? They're already. Yeah, I think it's an entry Mexican standoff, right? By Mexican, I mean Audrey and County Mexican standoff. They all have a little bit of money. Billy has a little bit of money. They're like, well, you'll attack right. No, you'll attack right. No, you'll attack right. And you make it to July, no one's done. It'll be too late. The other part is, Eric Grimes going to get 20% of the vote. Can he get a 25 maybe win? I don't know. I mean, just have to pray to our Republican. We'll see. Uh, if you're undecided, boy, this feels like Vicky Hoster's got, got a leg up on you. If you're peeling off Grimes, boy, it feels like Eric Schmidt's where you're going to come. I think Eric Schmidt needs one more mask-like thing. And I think he's a senator. I don't know if you can get another cultural moment like that where 95% of the Republicans are on your side and you're the uniquely positioned person to do it. I don't think the flurry of lawsuits is, is the ticket. I thought, I think he's kind of living off of that mask lawsuit because people care. I don't know that anybody equates suing someone to the border of Mexico. I don't, I also don't know the Republicans think just suing everybody all the time is necessarily good. Uh, two things there. First of all, voters have very short memories, right? Sure. What, what, happened, what was happening in December and January isn't going to mean that. But he played that massive thing like a pro. In August. Secondly, I, you know, when it comes to the, the, the all the litigation there, I'm not sure there's 100% of the Republicans behind it. I mean, you saw over in the Missouri legislature, they pushed back a little bit on, on some. I'm not sure he's going to get that money. They're doing right. it right now. Yeah. I don't, if I had to guess, I so, don't I mean, think don't you know? Let's not kid ourselves that there's universal uh, on the on the, the political right. Yeah. There's universal praise for what he did. There's some pushback over there, and I mean, voters are very very short. You remember it was the summer of '18 when Greggs resigned. The Republican Party here was in disarray forever. That was going to be the, the, the Democratic ticket. By the time November turned around, nobody would believe that. <coughs> and I think we credit that to the 57th governor of the great state of Missouri, Mike Parson, rural Missouri's own. He'll be the guest this Sunday on This Week in Missouri Politics. You can watch it at 10.30 on KMOS. Again, Courtyard. Don't, don't, don't screw this up. Don't, don't come up here and like want to meet with somebody. And like, oh, I've got this other JV hotel. 
No one wants to meet you at the JV Hotel. They want to meet you in that nice open space in the courtyard. Meet them in the courtyard. It'll look like you've been here before. It'll look like you're a pro. And when you see me out downtown, you owe me a beer. Dave Marshak, Sheriff of Jeff County, my new number one absolute favorite sign. Fun sign of knowledge. Hope it brings good luck. Jack Ritter, Princess St. James. Thank you, sir. First time on the sign of knowledge. Love it. it. Well, don't be a stranger. Uh, we will see you Sunday on television.